Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome your sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day intensive workshop for men seeking to overcome sexually addictive behaviors. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery. Your experts have over 35 years of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to be part of our next intensive coming up June 6th through the 8th. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Are you ready to get real and start living each day in purity? This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Pure Sex Radio brings you the best in mobile talk radio. Listen to real-life struggles, learn how to overcome lust, pornography, and sex addiction, and get serious about purity. Your hosts for Pure Sex Radio are Jonathan Doherty and Stephen Cervantes. Jonathan is the director of Be Broken Ministries and founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop for Men. Stephen is the founder of the Hope Counseling Center. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio Broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with Stephen. Stephen, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you. Excellent. Before we get started, I just want to remind you listeners, as I normally do, that we are a listener-supported broadcast. And so what that means is that uh, the only way we're able to produce these shows and distribute them out to over 80 countries is uh, through your generous financial partnership. And so... If you'd like to learn about the various ways that you can partner with this ministry, simply go to puresexradio.com and then click on the donate page, and you can find out about the ways that you can come alongside and partner with us in our mission of healing sexual brokenness by God's grace, one story at a time. Well, Stephen, we had a we had a, a gentleman that had emailed into us a, a few months ago, and had had really talked about how much he'd appreciated the program. They've got some guys in their group that are listening to the podcast, and I was very encouraged by the email. And in the email, he said he'd also like to hear a discussion uh, about how, you know, okay, avoiding porn is a great way to start uh, recovery, but it's not really the end. And he wanted to find out, hey, what what goes what is beyond recovery if anything is there something that's beyond recovery and so 
this particular broadcast, I wanted us to just have a discussion about maybe a fuller picture of what um, the the whole process, the kind of what the end game might be beyond recovery. Because I think you and I have seen it happen a lot where a guy, you know, who's fully drowning in a sexual addiction, he gets started on this path of recovery and then he gets stuck in recovery. Like that's the end game. Like just being quote unquote sober is or not doing something or not doing something. I'm not yeah. doing something, but that's not clear what you are doing or supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You just know what you're not doing. So we both have uh, kind of a little diagram before us, and we're going to do our best to try to describe that over radio. We understand that that's always a <laughs> there's always a gap there in terms of what you can say about what you're seeing. But um, in essence, we start with this this issue of addiction. And then the first stage, really, for a guy who's struggling with an addiction is recovery. And that's really, I mean, I would say that's what our ministry is mostly familiar with, is really helping. That's kind of what our our focus is, is really the recovery piece. Um, So if we could break it in two parts, you have to own an addiction, right? You have to self-identify. I really never call anybody an addict. Mm-hmm. I invite them to call himself that. And most guys say, hey, I think this is an addiction. I'm out of control. And and once that admission starts, then you can go to the next piece. Okay, mm-hmm. what are the steps of recovery? What's involved in a recovery process um, after you self-identified? And that's your, you're calling that stage one. Is that right? Right. Yeah, because – a guy, I don't believe, can even get to the stuff we're going to talk about later unless he goes through the process of recovery. And and I don't want to. Uh, I want to make it very, very clear from the get go here that we are not downplaying the role of recovery in this process. I hope you do not get that from this this broadcast. That what mm. we're saying is there is more beyond recovery. But that doesn't mean recovery is not absolutely essential and important. And a self-standalone topic that has lots of parts to it, right? And it takes a long time. And in the beginning, you should just focus on recovery, right? Mm -hmm. You shouldn't try to be anything bigger than somebody that's putting his addiction in check so your sanity can come back online. Do you think that makes sense? Yeah, and and I hope hope what listeners, what you get out of this, and especially this gentleman who who emailed us in – is that we're trying to paint a a bigger picture and maybe give some uh, some some vision that's down the road? Because even before we came on the air, I was mentioning to you how you know I think it's important that guys fairly early on, even in their recovery, capture the bigger picture of what we are in essence going to be tagging as the discipleship process, or they're they're you know they're becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Um, and yeah, you've got to focus on this recovery piece at the beginning because there's so much to clean up. There's so much to kind of get in order in a sense before you can really even engage this other process with any integrity, with any, um, consistency, yeah, yeah, energy. That's right. All those pieces. Now what he said was interesting. He said, okay, I get it guys. I've stopped using porn and I avoid any situation that puts me at risk for point. Okay, I got that. But where am I going? Mm-hmm. What's my healthy place, he asks. You know, what's beyond the stop doing the goofy porn stuff? Yeah. 
You know what? When you were saying that, and and even when I was reading this from this guy, I had I had a that that thought about when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, and you know he said, "What must I do to inherit eternal oh, life?" Oh, give me a quick yeah. And and Jesus said, "You know, easy. do this, this." He basically rattled off four or five laws. Yeah. And, you have everything you own. And the, transform, go into major transformation. That's all you have to do here. But what I think was interesting was the guy was saying, I, "I've done that." I mean, from the time I was a kid, I've done that. And in other words, he was kind of hanging his hat on, "I've kept the rules." Yes, I've been good. And and it's kind of like this guy's saying, "Hey, I don't look at porn. I I resist these temptations. I've kind of I got the rules of recovery down." Mm, that's good. But okay. it's interesting that he, the same thing in this rich young ruler that there was still a sense of emptiness and longing and something more, this guy is also recognizing, hey, I've kind of done everything you're supposed to do in recovery, okay. but I'm having a sense that there's there's maybe something more. There's, there may be a longing in my heart that's not fulfilled. There's there's maybe more to this thing than just not doing yes. this. Or busily doing a bunch of things and not being satisfied at a deep level or being caught up or going through rituals and routines, whatever we're supposed to be doing that's right, you're saying. Mm-hmm. He said, well, what should I do because I have no peace? So go on with that. What did he say? Well, what that's, did Jesus say to him, right? Well, you're the rich guy with all the stuff and you've been good. Okay, great. Now, cause, uh, exactly. That's where Jesus basically said, hey, listen, you, you lack one thing. I think it's interesting. Jesus didn't say you lack 4,000 things. No. You lack one thing. Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. It's like he he cut through and said, I'm going to deal with the heart issue here. You've thought it's about all of this behavioral stuff that, hey, you just need to, as long as you, quote unquote, behave correctly, then magically you're going to have this complete fullness. Well, in and my being. take is you're so attached to your stuff in your life, you need a major shift, yeah. right? To, to look at life through fresh eyes, give all your stuff away, go into kind of a poor mindset of, of not being attached to your stuff, get free of all your stuff, and then see if you can live that way, mm-hmm. which is a whole shift in thinking, right? Absolutely. Which is a depth and a richness beyond things. And, the, and that may translate to some of our listeners realizing that they, um, that they maybe need to reframe what they're doing in recovery. That they have made it about they've they've become what I call a recovery addict, you know they've just they've That's just shifted good. one addiction for another, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and and in essence they're coming to Jesus in the same way that the rich young ruler is and saying, look at all this that I have, look at all this I've accomplished in recovery, look at how well I'm doing in recovery, and I think Jesus cuts through on those guys too and says, uh, you got to let go of all those things that you think. You define know, make you, you yes. make you powerful and make yes. you clean and all that. Is this a good time to throw in your your comment about sobriety? Go yeah. or no? Are you going to get we there? We can go in a, a little minute? bit yeah. further. Go ahead. Uh, because see, the thing is, I think when you when you enter this first stage of recovery, uh, you know, this first stage, which is recovery, mm-hmm. there's you have to understand it's the stage one for a reason. Because you can't get to stage two <laughs> without going through stage one. And so, again, we want to highlight the importance of recovery, even though we're going to look at some things beyond that. Because I really believe where we're going beyond that, the second stage in this process for a guy who's coming out of a sexual addiction, 
is really what we're dubbing here growth. But wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought you were going to do recovery. What's the end result of recovery? Before we go to the next stage three, you had this great line. Well, yeah. What is the end result of recovery? The greatest thing you can do in recovery is what? Well, that's just it. The the best you can hope for in recovery, the 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 highest that you can attain in that stage alone is sobriety. Right. Now, Clean, sober, sane. Right, yeah. hold in a good place. You and you can claim sobriety. How many days sobriety? That's not a bad thing, but that's your greatest claim. I have a hundred days of sobriety. That's my claim. That's the greatest thing I can accomplish. And I think we need to. And that's where I think it needs to be said that that is a good thing. Yes. But very much in the same way, like the rich young ruler. Listen, money in and of itself is not a good or bad thing. His his wealth was a good thing. But I think the way he engaged it, it, Jesus really kind of showed the heart of the issue there. Sometimes I think the way guys engage sobriety really exposes their heart when these guys essentially are adopting an attitude of pride toward 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And again, listen, 30 days of being clean after maybe 30 years of not, yes, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But we're trying to, again, kind of reframe this and let you know that in recovery, if you are stuck in recovery, meaning you're not moving beyond simply this stage of recovery, then I, I believe you are you are you're going to you're going to top out at sobriety. That's in other words, that's the that's the maximum goal or the maximum achievement that you can have, maximum satisfaction that you can have is simply sobriety. And that's why I think guys like this email us. I think that's why I meet a lot of guys in recovery who feel a sense of frustration, a sense of emptiness. There's still unfulfilled longings that they have, and they wonder, what is going on? I'm clean, but, you know, I'm sober, but what is the, why am I not satisfied? And I think that's really kind of what what this boils down to. And so we want to introduce or try to highlight some things that might bring a fuller sense of satisfaction or fulfillment. Um, and that's why I think that we, we need to move on to that next stage, which is which is growth. And, and Stephen, this is a really favorite topic of yours. Yeah, because, how do you because, know? This is my topic. I mean, I hear you at the workshops all the time, and, and this is kind of your thing. You're, you always say, listen, guys, it's about growth. It's about growth. And so try to help, try to explain what you mean when you are talking about growth. Well, uh, growth is life in my mind. You know, we're born and we're young, we're babies, then we're 10, then we're 20, then we're 30. And the whole mission, if you think about it, is to walk out some purpose that God has put here before us. And I think we would define that as growth. And so when a guy has been addicted to flirting, affairs, porn, unfaithfulness, fantasy, any ritual of escaping, well, he, he has got a Ph.D. in that. But, but when you peel that back, you have an emotional small person underneath that and a spiritually small person. you got stunted men emotionally and spiritually. So I would define growth as uh, um, lack of emotional development, lack of spiritual development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this is, 
I, I think I start seeing guys getting a, a new sort of energy, a new kind of momentum, even excitement in their journey when they, when they start taking these steps um, that are a little bit further than simply sobriety and recovery. And they start realizing, oh, this is about, I, I've got growth that needs to happen spiritually. There's, there's maturity that needs to happen personally in my body and my soul. There's even uh, growth that needs to happen relationally. And then, and then, you know, later on, we're going to talk about what that even translates in terms of purpose, like fulfilling a purpose. But I think this growth piece, it, it brings an energy that is, I think, different from simply recovery. Because I think what happens in recovery, recovery to me is very much about um, tearing down and kind of rebuilding. But in, in essence, recovery can only give you kind of a framework from which to live. I don't believe it. it is the... The essence or the of vision, right? right? It's not the vision, right? right? It's not the big picture. No, we don't. You know, if you're if you're, let's say, doing a you know a, a home building project and you've got to clear some land or whatever, you know, the the vision isn't, hey, let's clear this space where we can build this home. Wow, that's neat, right? I mean, no, it's like the vision is to ultimately build a house you can live in, and yes. and I think recovery is saying, recovery is the clearing of the land and kind of setting the the framing up but from that point growth is saying hey what are we going to put into this thing what what are we going to invest in what kind of uh, you know what's the color of the paint going to be what kind of appliances are we going to you know it's like to me that's the energy of of the process of being alive yeah. right and, and and using the resources and tools and blessings and and developing things and so in the spiritual realm, I think we're talking about growing closer to God and having a, a more intimate relationship with God. And then in the emotional realm, we're talking about a closer a relationship to other men in group, mm-hmm. to our spouses in relationship, to our children, even to our parents, to other church members. Emotional development means we can be present and helpful and growing with one another and spiritually grown with God. So that's that growth phase. And, and something you said I think is important, so showing how some of the things that you're, you're putting into place uh, in recovery, how they begin to connect to this growth piece. And I'll, I'll give one example. You mentioned about group, right? So, okay, we, we definitely encourage guys to get plugged into a group as part of the recovery. It's huge to start developing these accountability relationships where it's where you're going to be you know, spurring one another on, and it's about, you know, you're really focusing on helping each other uh, maintain sobriety, right? I mean, sobriety is a good thing. I think what happens in this growth piece is you realize that those relationships, you start to see the value of them moving beyond simply, quote-unquote, accountability to you actually developing friendships. And to me, that's what happens in this growth phase is you start realizing, you know what, Bob isn't just a guy that I bounce off all of my, all of my you know accountability needs and all the stuff that I'm struggling with temptation wise. I, I'm really developing an affinity and a likeness of, of, of for him, and and I'm getting more interested in his family and helping. You know, it's like it shifts from being focused on yourself and how this guy can help you maintain purity. To as you grow in the growth phase, you realize I'm developing a friendship, somebody that I can invest in and help him in his life. Yes. 
And I think when you you were talking about groups, recovery groups, I'm also thinking at a spiritual level as you're part of this growth mission is like men's Bible study groups mm-hmm. or small church groups. And guys that use porn go to those, but they're not very present in those. They're hiding. Yeah. But I'm talking about really being present as part of a Bible study group in a small church group and having breakfast with other men and working on, on growth in a spiritual sense. I saw this video recently where these guys got together and said, 20 years ago, we... 10 people committed to one another. And for 20 years, we've been meeting every week. And we've been through up and down, and we've been through all kinds of working through individual addictions and problems and death and families and sickness. For 20 years, we've been, you know, each other's support. That is awesome. That is incredible, you know? And see, and and just you saying that, I know there are guys out there listening that 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 immediately – lifted the I mean they it gave him a, a sense of hope it gave him a sense of vision because you just painted a picture of a group of people that said we've chosen to commit to one another and here 20 years later they're still committed to one another and I don't know how that doesn't move a person's heart how that doesn't cause a person to say I, I want to be part of something like that mm-hmm. and this is the bigger vision that we're talking about and and I think one of the major shifts that happens between stage 1 and stage 2 between recovery and growth is that our focus shifts on a very fundamental level, I think in recovery, there is still a very much a me focus. And I'm not even saying that necessarily in a negative way. I mean, think about it. If, you, if, if you've got to be in intensive care, um, don't you kind of need a me focus? It's like right. I'm, I'm, yeah, if you're on, sick, I'm on death's door, you know. Yeah. But then there's a shift, and I think as you walk out of that hospital, so to speak, the shift becomes in growth more towards investing in others, more towards this idea of, Okay, my growth must involve mm-hmm. serving others, must involve other people. And that's where this next stage comes in. Out of growth, then I believe the next stage is what we might call training. Because the ultimate goal, we'll kind of give you the end here. The ultimate goal is that God wants our lives to be lived in such a way that we are multiplying disciples. In other words, that's the whole mission that Jesus gave us, go and make disciples. And so there must ultimately be an outward focus where we are taking the the good that's been placed in us and ultimately giving it away and investing it in others. That's why I think this training piece is important. Sometimes it gets overlooked. We look at growth and we go, okay, yeah, I need to I need to read the word and I need to be praying and I need to be investing in these friendships and but so many people don't know how to have a really effective impact. So what ends up happening is they are growing, but they're not. Their momentum isn't carrying them outward, and they don't really. They don't know how to uh, lead another guy to Christ. They don't know how to train somebody in uh, personal growth. Or, you know what I mean? And so I think this training element, and, and I, there's so many details that could be brought up in that. I just think it's one of those things where you mentioned earlier, getting in a men's Bible study, maybe dealing with a particular topic on communicating in your marriage. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things that can be part of this training Train. element. Okay, so let's. I'm, I'm thinking about the listener out there who's making notes. Stage one is recovery. Stage two is growth. Stage three is a training mindset. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And then you're saying that training will lead to stage four, which is impact, 
and stage five is multiplication. Right. But we're on stage three training, and so could you, there are people out there going, okay, I get it. Growth in, in spirit and emotion, that's the vision. Training is the how-to. Mm-hmm. So what would you tell me about the how-to? This is where I think it's important to uh, think strategically. Like I think of our, like our local church here. They actually have a discipleship training pathway or process. It's like a class. And so you can plug into that class, and that's a, very, that's a training element. I think if you've, uh, you know, one thing you might consider is maybe you've been seeing a counselor for a while as part of your recovery. Well, maybe the shift, there could be a shift in focus in those counseling sessions, and you could say, you know, I feel like I'm in a good place in terms of me personally as far as where I've come in my growth, but I'm realizing I, I, I may need some help in knowing how to lead my children. I may need some help in knowing how to really grow friendships that are purposeful, not simply you know, hanging out and fishing, um, you know, purposeful in the sense of how, how is our friendship going to better society or community or church? And so then those counseling sessions could take a shift in focus where the counselor becomes more of a trainer than just a, a counselor. Does that make sense? This, is, this sometimes is where personal coaching could come right. in, life coaching. Yes. You go, I've got an area where I'd really like to learn how to... But what's blurring in my mind is you're saying several things. Work on your marriage. Work on yourself individually. I said work on emotions. And then you're saying be a disciple of Christ and, and, you know, produce, be a fisher of men. And it's just like I'm swimming in this right now. Mm -hmm. Well, let me narrow it down because what I'm I'm ultimately talking about here is is not so – you're right. That was too broad. This process here, and this is the vision that I think we need to have, is ultimately about making more disciples. So if we narrow that of, down. Of cleanness from, from porn, disciples of cleanness from porn. Disciple, what do you mean? That sounds like a real spiritual term. You want to make disciples. We're talking about recovery, addiction, porn, and me waking up and growing. You made a huge jump here. Help me. The training to me in, in terms of this particular thing, and this is what we do in, in our ministry, in our build-up program, is taking guys and taking them from a place of recovery and taking them to a place where they can now go and invest in another man that he becomes a fully devoted follower of Jesus. So what's a build-up program? You're telling me for the first time I'm hearing this word from you. Hey, we have a well, build-up. Give me a little one, two, three. What do you do? What's... I probably shouldn't have given talked about that necessarily because it's kind of a, a it's a program that's in development, would you Well, say? no, we're in our first year of, of doing it, but it's on a very small scale. We're taking five guys through a one-year process. Build-up program is a one-year discipleship process. Okay. So it's face-to-face, one-on-one. Is um, it like what you said earlier, you can get into church? I think you can, yeah. I mean, again, it's about saying, what are we doing? And, and to me, the idea of being a fully devoted follower of Jesus is living in such a way that my life is giving away the gospel. I mean, if I want to really simplify what that is. and okay. that, So the context doesn't matter, whether that be in your home, your church, your school, your community, what, you know, the context, you know, whether you're helping the homeless, I don't care. The idea to me is being a fully devoted follower of Jesus is just basically living your life in a way that you're giving away. But that's our original calling, right? Right. We're talking to guys that got sidetracked into porn affairs and faithful and build a whole dynasty of, mm-hmm. you know, a lack of integrity – now coming back to being what God called us all to be, followers of Christ. And that's just it. That's why I believe, you know, the recovery piece is so important. But let's not stop there. We need this growth. Then we need training. 
we need training in knowing how to help a guy grow personally, spiritually, relationally, and then ultimately find his mission in life. Because I do believe every person has a specific mission. It may be seasonal. That mission could change periodically. But I think in terms of what you're made for, it's specific. And that's where I think this next piece, so you've got stage three, which is training, which leads to impact. Because I think you can only have a really, I think, effective impact if you have, if you are, if you've been trained. I mean, I think about it from a sports analogy perspective. If I've got a guy who really loves basketball, I mean, he loves it. He carries a basketball with him wherever he goes. He's got a real affinity for it. He's learned everything there is to learn about basketball. But he never steps on a court. He doesn't have a coach. He doesn't have anybody that's training. He doesn't know the maybe he knows the rules because he read them, but he's never experienced the rules in the game. You've got a guy that's not going to really have much of an impact if he's if, even in a pickup game because he has a lot of information, right? And sometimes that that's why these the growth training impact they're very very closely intertwined. Okay. Because if you're growing, then you're going to be in a sort of training because ultimately you're meant to have an impact. And then out of that impact, I think what happens is there's multiplication because what you do is you're investing into another guy or into a few other men, and what ends up happening is they catch that that vision or that passion and they start growing. They're being trained. They're going to have an impact. And, and so it's just this multiplication effect. So I hope, I know this is hard because we've done a very visual thing this week with this diagram, but... I hope, listeners, that you're, you know, if you're out there and you're feeling stuck in recovery, I hope this is giving you a different sort of uh, uh, vision beyond that so that you can live a life that's fulfilling and, and has a purpose that goes beyond just recovery. If you'd like some more help in your journey, please contact us. That's what we're here for is to help you along. And uh, we look forward to having you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.